Hey guys, how we doing? Um, we're doing good. Thanks for asking. Thanks for asking. Good week so far this week. Just got back from a little wee outing with the work colleagues. Went to uh, went to the Archie Brothers Arcade, which I hadn't been to before here in Christchurch. And basically, if you don't know what that is, it's a pretty decent arcade where you can drink. So it's basically like an arcade for adults. So it's pretty fun. We did bowling. Played some arcade games, had a few beers. I was the only one drinking spates like a real man. So, you know, my testosterone levels were that much higher than everybody else because I was drinking a real beer when they were all drinking pussy ass craft bullshit or even just apple ciders. But, uh, yeah, man. So we had a work arcade trip. What I think would be more fun is if we did a work acid trip. Could you imagine, like every three months, you get the email from some guy at work, like there's a guy whose job is to organize the work acid trip every year. I would take that job. I think I'd be a great person at that job. I think that that is my true calling, to work a boring nine-to-five office cubicle job where I organize a quarterly acid trip for me and my work colleagues where we just drop a tab couple of as much acid as you want you don't even have to do the acid most of them will because otherwise it'll be gay we can have a couple of sober sitters that just want to hang around chill out vibe or if you don't want to come you don't have to come but you know we're gonna do we do a work acid trip every three months do it around the seasons different theme every time you know, we've got a summer one, we'll probably go off to the beach somewhere, camp, you know, sing Kumbaya by the campfire, all that kind of shit. Spring. Spring, what were we doing spring? What's a good spring? I'm, I'm going backwards here. Go summer into autumn. An autumn... An autumn acid trip. I don't know, we'll go somewhere... We'll go bush. We'll go to the bush. Somewhere with a, a lot of real pretty scenery. You know. Somewhere. Somewhere where you can, um, you know, you might see some flowers. You might see some trees changing color. You know, we'll go, you know, go to like a cabin in the woods. Getting a little drizzly, a little bit cold at night. Have a nice wee fire on the inside. Cuddle up. And then in the winter, you know, winter, we'd have to organize some sort of ski trip. Even though I'm not a skier or a snowboarder myself, you know, go up, probably go to one of the, the quieter ones, sort of, in the Canterbury High Country. I don't know, just like a nice wee private ski resort, book out a wee cabin. If you want to, you can be up hitting the slopes during the day. Drop a tab in the, in the resort, chill, nice wee winter, winter session, then spring. I think, yeah, I think you go back, I don't know, what would be a good one? Good one for spring. I'd say we'd go somewhere, we'd go somewhere like coastal. Not like, oh no, we're doing that in summer. We're going to a beach in summer. 
Hmm. Bit more. Well, we go scenic for autumn. Full on scenic. So like up on a hill somewhere. You know, real nice. Real nice views. And then in spring, we'll go bush. Bush with some nice, like, you know, trees and forests not too far around. That, that, that'll be our seasonal work, acid, our quarterly work acid trip. And that's what I'm going to organise, and that's what I'm going to pitch at the next work meeting. But that's not to say an arcade trip isn't too bad. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Might be a hard one to get past, but I think... I think it'll be really good for work, cohesion, office culture, just getting to really know, you know, really fucking know your workmates, bonding, just having a great time. I think that would be a good time, you know, it could also be a horrible time. I think it just depends on who you're working with. Work with a bunch of cunts, everything's going to suck. And you, you know what? I've been, been at this this gig about eight months now. And, yeah. In terms of, like, a work environment as a whole, definitely, like, probably the best people I've worked with, which is kind of fucked up. The worst people I worked with was when I worked in fucking care homes for fucking teenagers. You know, working work, working with care, for, in care homes for teenagers with mental illnesses. That was the most toxic, fucked up work environment. Outside of, like, the actual work, because obviously, like, you're hanging, out, hanging around teenagers that are fucking trying to off themselves every 30 minutes. But, like, the bitches I worked with, it was the most toxic, disgusting, backstabby, gossipy bullshit I've ever been a part of. Like, the first day, I worked, I think it was the first weekend I worked, it was the first week, and we're in the house, it was just me and this bitch Deb working, and it was a night, afternoon shift, so we may help make them dinner, hang out with them during the day, give them their fucking meds, which I fucking hated, and I'm glad I don't even have to do anymore, and then, you know, Deb planned to have a couple of the girls there help her make the dinner. So I was like, oh, sweet. You know, even though the kids were meant to do the dinner, it was kind of like kids did the dinner, fucking support worker helped make the dinner. And because it was the girls and she was just like, yep, I'll help. And I'll fucking get on, you know, because she got on with them real well. I was new, didn't really know them. So I was like, hey, I'll chill out, hang out with the other kids. So I did that, I hung out with the other kids, I was playing cards, and she was cooking dinner, and then I fucking, you know, thunky dory thought things were good, you know, and then moved on to the Monday. Monday I get called into the office, because Deb had been snitching on me, saying I was doing fuck all and making her do all the work on my first shift on a weekend day, when she was the one that put her hand up and said she'd deal with the cooking, and I'd fucking do all that shit. So she was just a backstabby live bitch. And Deb wasn't even the worst. The worst was Donna. Donna the fucking supervisor. The most... Donna... Donna was a fat, ugly cow. She was a nurse. A know-it-all bitch nurse that weighed about 195 kilos and was 5 foot 10. So, big girl. 
single, never been married, no man could even love this bitch because she's a horrible, heartless cow. And what she did in her spare time is she ran, basically her house was a turtle sanctuary. She rescued turtles as her hobby that she liked to do in her personal time. So this bitch was cray cray. And honest to fuck, she would just, the most micromanaging, she would call me into her office for a five to ten minute chat at the start of every shift, ask me what I was, who was there, tell me what was happening, like she didn't do this with anybody else, she did this with me for like two months, just like fucking... Like, and I did nothing wrong with those whole two months. I wasn't fucking up. Like, but she was being a real bitch, like, basically thinking that I was a lazy cunt. But I'm not a lazy cunt. Never been a fucking lazy cunt at a job in my life. I'll be a lazy cunt in other areas of my life. I don't give a fuck, but it... I don't know. Unless the job called for it. That's a lie, because I've been a lazy cunt in other jobs. But usually it's because the job's a shit cunt. If the... If... If it's actually a half-decent job where I actually give a fuck, I'll work my fucking ass off. So fuck that bitch. Anyway, don't know why I went there, just went off there for the last like five minutes into some fucking negative shit over a shitty period of my life that fucking boils my blood. <sighs> but basically, you know, you'd think a job where people are doing the job to help, you know, because they want to help people and they want to do something where they help people, that you'd be working with fucking, you know, that your workmates would be, you know, decent people. And now my job, where I'm working, doing shit with numbers and data for, you know, I won't go into too many details, but it revolves around the industry, which most, a lot of people would consider pretty immoral, you know, I don't have a problem with it, you know, most people probably don't have a problem with it, it's just a bit of fun, and fucking, you know, people can do whatever the fuck they want, but, uh... Yeah, the people I work with are just genuinely better people. And it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. It's something that i got to get my head around. I think it's because, like, the people that feel like they need to help people for a living are just so fucked up and hurt themselves. Like, they're just, you know, it's just hurt people trying to help other hurt people. They feel so shitty about themselves, and 90% of the time they need to find something to make them feel good about themselves. And I think probably the people I work with in my current office are much better functioning human beings and actually, like, you know, feel good about themselves outside of work and don't give a fuck about, you know, you know, they don't feel the need to do that. So they can actually do a, do something else and actually, like, have fun, or maybe I'm just a piece of shit, maybe I'm the problem, maybe I get along with these people because they're actual pieces of shit, and I'm a piece of shit, and I couldn't get along with the good people because, you know, that's a working theory too, I don't know, it's something, I feel like it's something where there's some sort of deep personal universal wisdom in that topic, but I can't, can't just quite put my finger on it. I don't know, maybe five, ten years down the track, we'll figure it out. 
and we'll get onto it, and I'll tie it into a into a bit, into a story, into a something that I can take on stage as a comedian. Because guys, guess what? Guess what I'm doing tomorrow? I'm doing. It. I'm finally doing it. I've talked about it for weeks, months, since the beginning, very early on in this podcast, and I'm finally getting the fuck around to it. Finding my nutsack and getting out there and I'm doing the doing an open mic night tomorrow night, guys. So Yeah. Looking forward to it. A little bit nervous. You know, about about twenty hours right now away from when I'll be likely stepping on stage. Well under twenty four hours. I've got twenty hours to go. So a little bit nervous. But I'm feeling like for for the first time, not the first time, I felt I felt like this before, but not when it's the, the first time I'm doing something. If that makes sense, I've never felt more confident trying something new in my life. That's basically that's basically the vibe we're going into on this. Now that's not. I'm not saying I'm being arrogant. I'm not being like overconfident, irrationally confident. Like I'm not even confident in what and that what I'm gonna do is gonna be well received by the audience that I'm gonna talk to. I think there's a fair to good chance that the comedy scene here in Christchurch and in particular in New Zealand, because I've never really vibed with it. I have a good feeling, I think I think it's a good chance that it's just full of a bunch of fuckwits, unfunny, drama school, theatre kid, woke fuckwits that I'm just not going to vibe with. Like, I'm sure, yeah, there's, I don't even know. I feel like it's, I feel like there's a good chance... That people like me, people like you out there, you know, people with fucking half-decent senses of humour, aren't going to exactly be welcomed with open arms. Now, I, th- I don't think, I think that's probably like a 30% chance, 35% chance, so a good chance. I don't think it's the most likely thing that's going to happen. I don't think, I think, I have, I, I do have faith that, you know, there will be a percentage of cunts like that, and even then, you know, can't judge a book by its cover, maybe a lot of them, I'm sure there's going to be some, there's definitely going to be some absolute cunts, but I'm sure some of them are just, you know, I might not vibe with them straight away, but probably, I'll probably get on with them, good people, I get on with most people, they might not be my best friends, but you know, as long as I, but there's a chance that the type of comedy that I try and do just completely gets them off, you know, they they don't even they might not want to have any, anything to do with me and if they're running things then we might have a problem but that's again that's out of my control that's part of the reason I'm feeling like this like I'm focusing on what I can control and what I can control I feel like I'm going to do a pretty decent job of I've only got four minutes that's the other weird thing I've never heard of a four minute set it's kind of that kind of threw me off a little bit because you know I opened the episode last week was sort of the bit I was planning on doing, which I'm still planning on mostly doing it. I think I've tweaked it a little bit. 
But I've had to cut quite a bit out of it because I did that. That was about six minutes. Six minutes of me talking at sort of like podcast pace being pretty high, which I feel is going to be could be most likely going to be a little bit slower than what I'll talk, how I'll talk on stage, sort of, you know, adrenaline pumping, high energy sort of vibe. But, um, so it was about six minutes, so I was probably going to cut a little bit out of it to get the five, but now, now I've had to cut, had to cut a fair, you know, which is probably a good thing to be honest, because not all of it was great. We're kind of, we're going to shorten it up, make it a bit more high impact. That might be the best way to go. But yeah, just that's just a weird thing that I wasn't expecting. It's a little bit unsettling about my confidence in the place. And just, yeah, I don't know. I would be a little bit bummed if that was the case, like, especially if I did well, especially if I felt like what I did was funny and I get laughs and I enjoy it. And then these guys turn around and be fuckwits, but I can't control that. I think most likely, though, like I was saying before, that there's going to be a small percentage of those guys and then probably like 60%, 70% are going to be genuinely like half decent people that just like comedy and like will respect most people for just, as long as you're not a cunt and you're giving it a go, they'll respect you and help you out, welcome you in. Because that's, you know, so I think, yeah, I think, I think it's going to, you know, on that side of things should be fine but I won't be shocked if it's not and if it's not fine who gives a fuck it's one less thing I have to worry about I can just move on focus on the pod focus on the work life maybe a bit more focus on the social life and just you know just plug away for a while plug away maybe try again if I end up moving somewhere in a couple of years time to a different city or something with a better scene but yeah feeling way too confident in the fact that, you know, I'm going to go up there, I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and then I'm going to deliver it fairly well, and that what I'm saying is going to be, you know, pretty funny for most people, and the way I'm going to deliver is going to be pretty funny, and I'm going to do a reasonably good job tomorrow, and then if I get some applause, some recognition, I'm just going to be hooked and addicted, and we're going to be obsessed. So, yeah. Yeah, man. That's all we can worry about. But, yeah. What else are we going to talk about? I suppose we didn't... We didn't talk... Wow, yeah, what just happened? What just happened this past weekend was the NFL Divisional Round Playoffs. The Divisional Round, for those of the uninitiated, this is effectively the quarterfinals of the NFL season. Last eight teams, four games in each conference. You have first game, Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Kansas City Chiefs get the job done. Pat Mahomes picks up an injury. Had to sit on the bench for a little bit. Got back in there, clearly limping, clearly uncomfortable. Probably going to be dealing with that next week. But the Chiefs got through 27-20 over the surprising Jacksonville Jaguars who got through to the round, which was a pretty big surprise, but good on them building growing team I think they'll be pretty solid next year I think they're going to run away with their division because I think the other three teams in their division are going to suck donkey dick next year because you've got the Texans who have sucked for the last two years just fired their coach probably going to have a rookie quarterback they're going to be pretty average 
we'll see how they go the year after that in terms of whether their rookie quarterback's going to be any good. But then you've got the Colts, who are absolute dumpster fire this year. I think are probably going to be slightly better dumpster fire, but not much. And then you've got the Titans, who absolutely fell apart this year, who have a good coach and have some good players, and they've got Derrick Henry. So, them, you know, they'll prob- I reckon they'll probably get to about 8-8, eight eight, may sneak a wild card spot, but I think the Jags are going to dominate. Jags are going to dominate that division, and they're going to be good. And I think they're in a good position to dominate that division for the next four or five years and get in the playoffs every year. And fuck, if you do that enough times, who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? We and Trevor Lawrence, man. He's got he's got it. He's a big game player. And now that he's figured out how to have success playing in the NFL, man, when he's in those big moments, he's gonna be a big time player. When you got that. Well, you got a coach who's done it before, too, Doug Peterson. Fuck, man, the Jags are... If you're a Jags fan, you're feeling pretty fucking good about the future. you got a coach that's done it before. you got a star young quarterback who's been there in big games and clearly shown that he's starting to figure it out. you got a good team that was able to get into the last eight of the round of the... You know, they won a playoff game this year. Closed out like six straight wins to finish the season. Fuck, man. How good would it be to be a Jacksonville Jaguars fan? So they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, who will be playing the Cincinnati Bengals after they boat raced the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, New York, in a blizzard. Not really. Kind of a solid snowstorm. But it's nice. It's nice to get one game at least. In the playoffs, where snow's a factor, it's just nice visually. It just remind you, you know, that it's hard, gritty football played in horrible shitholes like Buffalo, New York, and Cincinnati, Ohio, and you know, you know, just football, just football. But yeah, Burrow and the Bengals blitz the bullshit Buffalo Bills. 2017 in the in the snow in the bitterly cold snow Burrow and the boys balled out and they got the win 2017 really not much else to say other than the fact that the I think you got to give you know Joey B and the Burrows Joey B and the Bengals sorry I fucked that up did a good enough job on offense to get 27 points and, you know, do enough to really fucking keep, you know, keep that end of, the, end of the score sheet looking pretty healthy in a snowy game. And then the defense stepped up and shut down the Buffalo Bills. And I think it was the defensive line, offensive line. I think the Bills' offensive line just fucking got overwhelmed. And that's what cost them the game. Josh Allen had no time. The receivers had no space. And... That's all she wrote. How's your father to, this weekend? We got Chiefs versus Bengals for the AFC Championship. And that's a rematch of last year where Burrow and the Bengals beat the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. And how can you not think that they're going to do that again? I think I think they should be the favorites, man. I think they're the favorites to go into KC, into Kansas City, and beat the 
Chiefs for the second year in a row in the AFC Championship game. I think they're a better, well-rounded team. I think their defense is slightly better. I think their receivers are better. Their offensive line is worse, and they picked up a couple of injuries, but Joey Burrow's had to deal with that before. We know how he goes with that. they got a better running back. They had a good run game against the Bills. I think they'll probably have a good run game against the Chiefs as well, which is just going to help. And on the Chiefs, Pat Mahomes is going to be good, but he's not going to be able to create that magic with that fucked-up ankle. So... Prediction, we're going to go early predictions, four days out, which don't normally happen, normally you'd leave this to the last minute, but we'll get it out now, I'm predicting a Bengals 34-27 victory, and the Bengals to go Super Bowl, to the Super Bowl, not Super Bowl, anyway, and then in the NFC, you had the the Eagles fuck the Giants right in the arsehole, knew that was going to happen. And you had big cock Brock Purdy lead the 49ers to a win over the Dak Prescott Dallas Cowboys. And I think a lot of people are getting down on Dak. So Dak costing the game through two picks. Purdy through none. They had that fucked up play at the end of the end of the game, which, you know, was an absolute failure. So people are getting hard on Dak. I don't think he played Dak. I think he's still a top 10 quarterback in the league. I think his offensive line just got absolutely raped by the 49ers defensive line, which is the best in the league. Defense best in the league. At, you know, this I think this is just the 49ers best defense, one of the best defenses we've seen in recent memory. Just dominate. And then the offense just had to do enough not to fuck it up. And I think Brock Purdy is that kind of quarterback where he's just not going to fuck it up. He's just too cool. He's too smart. He's too he's too on it. He's he's going to make two or three big plays a game. You got Kristen McCaffrey, one of the best running backs in the game, one of the best offensive lines in the game, and one of the best offensive coaches in the game. I think that's that's enough. That's enough. Even though the Eagles fucking steamrolled the Giants 38-7. to They're not going to steamroll the 49ers defense at all. I don't think the Eagles had the best... I think the Eagles offense is the best in the areas that the Giants defense sucked in. Basically run defense. They just got ran over. I don't, I don't think the 49ers are even like, you know... I don't even think that's going to be a question. I think they're going to shut down the run completely and make Jalen Hurts try to beat them with his arm. I think that's going to be their game plan. So unless Jalen Hurts, which could be possible because he can. He can't could do this unless he balls out and hits A.J. Brown for 150 yards and two touchdowns, which could happen. Not saying it won't happen, but I don't, unless that happens, I don't see... The Eagles getting past the 49ers. I think we're going to have a San Francisco 49ers and Cincinnati Bengals Super Bowl. I'm predicting a 20-13 to win 
by the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game. So that's yeah, there you have it. That's your prediction. That's your summary. That's your wrap-up of the NFL divisional round. And we bring on conference championship weekend this weekend. Now onto a different contact sport. One that's a little bit closer to home. A little bit closer to the heart. Rugby. Rugby. Now it's the off-season in rugby. Not much is happening in rugby town. You'd think there wouldn't be any news to talk about and you know, at the end of January when it comes to rugby. But there's been one story in the last come up in the last couple of days that I just have to talk about. I have to. It's cut me deep. It's cut me hard. It's hurt me. It's rattled me. It's made me feel down, dark, and depressed. I'm mourning. I'm in grief. Because the news that I heard, I think, is going to be the final nail in the coffin. I think it's the beginning of the final nail in the coffin for rugby. Basically, the English Rugby Union... The largest rugby union in the world, at this point, I think the most powerful rugby union in the world, has announced a new law. And this law is to come in effect on the 1st of July, 2023. And it's for all grades, except for the Premiership and International Rugby. So basically, professional rugby, this isn't coming in yet. But this is coming in for all junior, all club age grade just 99% of rugby and this law is they are outlawing any tackles above the waist you can't tackle anybody above his dick and balls anymore rugby has said it's that literally, this is what they're saying. Because this is all head injury shit. This is why they're doing it. They don't give a... Like, no one gives a fuck. If you're a 70-year-old rugby player, 50-year-old rugby, you know, former rugby player, professional rugby player, and you go on TV and talk about how fucked up your shoulders are from 15 years of professional rugby and bashing it into super athletes... And using your shoulders as a weapon over and over and over again. If you show up on TV talking about how you can't lift your arms past parallel anymore. And your shoulders are completely fucked and you've had 20 surgeries just on your shoulders. Yeah, people are going to have a little bit of sympathy for you. But they're going to say, wow, you know, that's that's fucking rugby, isn't it? That's what you get. That's what you get. You know, you'd trade that in any day for the life you live. So really, you don't even really need your shoulders anyway. It's, you know, it's not about, like, people can give a fuck if you break an arm, break a rib. Hold on. You know, I just had a thought. We'll come back to that thought soon about what the real reason about this could be. But the reason's the head. And there's clearly very little understanding, like, over what exactly causes head injuries in rugby. 
and a good textbook tackle into the rib cage, into the chest, into the stomach. It's not causing any more head trauma than a fucking hit into the legs, into the hips. A tackle around the ankles where the guy fucking falls over and slams his head into the ground from a standing height. That's way more dangerous than a fucking textbook arms wrap around tackle around someone's fucking lower rib cage. Like, yeah, it's 100% safer for your ribs to tackle your legs over your ribs. They don't give a fuck about your ribs. They're doing it for your head. And this makes no fucking sense. Which is why I have another theory. But this is, we'll get to the theory soon. But all this is going to do is kill the game. This just reminds me, like South Park did this episode already. And because South Park did this episode on American football, I think this is what killed all the pussification of American football Unlike what's happening to rugby. Like, rugby is just getting absolutely overrun. Overrun by the the absolute pussies trying to take all the contact and physicality out of the game. But South Park did this episode where literally they changed football into a game <coughs> where the goal was to cuddle and tell your opponents how much you loved them and how much you cared for them. And Randy Marsh was the head coach of the Denver Broncos and he was constant because he started the idea of being completely fucking sarcastic about how pussy they were making high school or school football. And that's basically how I'm feeling about this. Because how like it's a complete first of all it's completely unavoidable. Like, if you're a ball runner and you're, le- you know, you're picking going and you're leading with your shoulder, the tackler basically has to lie flat on the ground and throw his hands up at your ankles to have any chance of bringing you down. He can't meet you at shoulder-to-shoulder contact. That's what the... They're basically outlawing shoulder-to-shoulder contact. That's what rugby's fucking built on. That's what it's all about. I don't think mainly because I'm a fucking tall cunt and a bit of a fat cunt, I don't think I ever, in my life, aimed to tackle another man, unless he was 30 to 40 kilos heavier than me, I never aimed to tackle another man around the fucking legs. It was chest and ribcage. So, you know, absolutely done with rugby. I think if this rule spreads, it's going to kill the game, kill club rugby, which is going to kill all rugby, because no one wants to fucking play that bullshit. Great for American football, especially in places like here in New Zealand. I think if this rule comes to New Zealand, American football is going to boom, because you're going to be able to still have full contact in that sport. So it could be a positive, because fuck rugby. But, um... Yeah, onto that theory, what I think it could be about. And I just had this thought while I was talking about this. I didn't have this thought before I started recording this podcast. But what? Now hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. What if rugby, specifically English rugby, want to do whatever they can to avoid a situation 
like Demar Hamlin, the Buffalo Bills safety who dropped to the field from a heart attack after taking a fairly decent blow to the chest. And what have people been saying likely contributed significantly to this young, healthy, super-athlete, 24-year-old having a heart attack, other than taking contact to the chest, which he probably does five to six times a game since he was a young, a young boy. The vaccine. What, you know, it's coming out now. How the vaccine's fucking up all these cunts' hearts. You know, if you don't believe me, look it up. Don't look it up on Google because they would have suppressed the fuck out of it. But heart attacks, heart conditions, heart problems are on the rise. No secret. Completely coincidental. It's all just long COVID. But they're on the rise. And what if the English Rugby Union is terrified of having a DeMar Hamlin situation at an under-14s rugby game on a Saturday morning? that they've decided to completely change the rules and change the essence of the game to avoid that. Now, a little bit out there. But hey, crazier things have happened. The world's a fucking weird place at the moment, and I think I'm going to leave that here for you people. I think I'm going to leave you to ponder that thought. That the reason the English Rugby Union have decided to make this drastic rule change is to stop the ch- to reduce the chance because it still could happen. These hits are still going to happen, but reduce the chance of a Demar Hamlin situation happening at a junior club or any other form of amateur rugby game where that cunt is going to fucking die. See you next time.